Welcome back to Read It or List It and happy 2023. We are so excited to be back with you in the new year. I didn't say my name. This is Phoebe and I'm Ashley and welcome to Read It or List It in 2023 where we don't make any mistakes. Wait. So glad to be back. We are sharing an author interview today with another Ashley. Yeah, how could you forget our names, Phoebe, when there's two Ashleys that we are going to be I talking about I think I was just here. so excited to be like, it's our first episode back in 2023 that I completely forgot the format. So I'm sorry about that. <laughs> and we are starting it off with such a bang with one of my favorite authors that I discovered this past year. And I think that's Mm -hmm. the same for you, Phoebe, too. Ashley Herring-Blake. We're so excited to talk about both of her books in this interview, but definitely her newest release, which is Astrid Parker, Doesn't Fail. Astrid Parker, Doesn't Fail is the second book in the Bright Falls series. It follows Ashley Herring-Blake's Um, adult debut Delilah Green doesn't care we are obsessed with these characters and now we are so obsessed with Ashley Herring Blake she is so much fun in this interview and I loved her little southern twang (laughs) as I was editing the episode it was so fun to listen back to everything as always a very generous author and we are so grateful for her time so here is our interview with Ashley Herring Blake Welcome to Read It or List It. We are so excited to welcome author Ashley Herring-Blake to the show today. It is the first time that we will have another Ashley with our Ashley, which is very exciting. And her latest book, Astrid Parker Doesn't Fail, just released, and we are so excited to chat about it. Delilah Green Doesn't Care was everywhere, and now we have the lovely Astrid Parker to welcome to our bookshelves. Hi, Ashley. How are you doing? Hello, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here with another Ashley and Phoebe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm always amazed by that because growing up as a Phoebe, I didn't meet many other Phoebes. So I always wonder if it's strange to hear your name said aloud when they're not referring to you. How many times do you, <laughs> someone will always say like, actually, the word actually, they'll be like, oh, actually, blah, blah, blah. And I go, huh? Like, I oh, always yeah. think they're talking to me. Yeah. Yeah, I do that all the time. And I do think it's weird. Like, I love the name Phoebe, by the way, but I think it is a a unique name. And but I think it is weird when you hear your own name and you're like, that's my name, you know, like, because you don't like think of yourself by your name very often. So like, when you hear it, it's like, oh, like, I'm a teacher, too. So I have a student this year named Ashley, which is pretty unusual for this generation of Mm -hmm. middle schoolers. Um, I teach sixth grade, but and I have an Ashley right now. And I'm like, that's weird when I say your name. Yeah. Well, I love all the all the character names. Like we were, I was just thinking about this, like how I don't know how authors have the capacity to think of all of these names, like first and na- last names and put them all together. And I guess they continue to write more and more books. I love all of the characters' names in your books. Like Delilah, I my only other experience with like the name Delilah is obviously like, hey there, Delilah, like the song. <laughs> right. And I'm like, this, like this is my, like now anytime I hear that name, like I'm going to think like the coolest Girl, like I could not decide when I was reading <laughs> Delilah where my infatuation with her like began. Was it like I want to be her? Do I want to date her? Like I love all her. of the above. Yeah. Oh my god. 
her energy was amazing. Yeah. Um, and her name, like now I'm like, that is, that's Delilah. Like if I see a Delilah on the street, that is how I'm going to picture them. Right. That's the yeah. badass name now. Yeah, that exactly. Is, um, <laughs> well, <honored>. Yay. <laughs> before we get too deep into all of this, because, you know, every, all of our listeners know how passionate Ashley and I get about our characters, but tell us a little bit about yourself, Ashley Herring Blake, not Ashley Barton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, well, like I said, I'm a teacher, so that's my day job right now. You know, the, the dream is to eventually not have multiple jobs. But yeah, I teach middle school writing right now. I live in coastal Georgia on a little island called St. Simon's Island. Um, Oh, beautiful. Yeah, it is nice. It's about an hour south of Savannah. Um, So just uh, because most people know where Savannah is, but Mm -hmm. very few people have ever heard of St. Simon's. So that's where I live. I have two kids, um, two boys. Um, So, you know, it's fun trying to raise them. Obviously, most, most of the time it's fun. I write romance, love romance, love reading romance talking about romance so I'm excited to talk more <laughs> oh then you are in the right place because yeah. we <laughs> yeah the way that we theorize the way that we we chat about the fun perspective of romance but then also just the intellectual aspect of the genre and how yeah. important it is for number one the way that the genre has um, evolved to include such dynamic mental health representation um mm-hmm. sexual orientation is so exciting and we were just talking about delilah and there's a oh the point that i wanted to make about delilah delilah's cameos when she appears in astrid parker's book are so good like (laughs) she's such a strong (laughs) character and i it's it's hard because i think that i i loved delilah's book but i think i loved astrid's even more there was just something in astrid that i could really connect with um in a way that I wasn't able to with Delilah but that's like the beauty of getting to meet all of these characters in this world what what was different about writing Astrid's book versus Delilah's well Delilah's was you know obviously as the first book in the series I always knew I wanted to write three loosely connected books about a group of friends and so I was always going to have a book about Astrid and I was always going to have a book about Iris from the beginning you know I had that plan but you know Delilah's was the first one so I got to make them all whatever I wanted to make them um, and then with Astrid's, I was, you know, when I started writing it, I realized, oh, <laughs> I'm locked into who they are. Mm-hmm. I cannot change anything. So, you know, obviously Astrid had to be an interior designer and she had to have mommy issues. And, you know, she, Iris was who she was and Delilah and Claire are together and they are who they are. Um, so, you know, it was kind of interesting. It was my first time ever writing a second book of something where I had canon, you know, I had a canon mm-hmm. to deal with. Yeah. Um, so that was one thing that was really different. Um, I mean, obviously... If you've read Astrid, and if you haven't, I'll just tell you, obviously, Astrid and Jordan, Jordan is Astrid's love interest, are extremely different people from Delilah and Claire. And if you've got to know, I, I've heard a lot of people say like, oh, I didn't, you know, some people say Astrid was their favorite character in Delilah's book. And some people say they did not like her at all, which I'm like fair on both counts. So, you know, Astrid was, Astrid and Delilah are a little similar in that they're both a little prickly, mm-hmm. but they're prickly for very different reasons and in very different ways. And so- and I love writing those kind of characters. Like, I just love the grumpy. I mean, Delilah was definitely grumpy. And Astra's more, if I may say, stick up your ass. Yes. Um, you know, so. <laughs> we can swear well, on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, okay, good. <laughs> yeah, good. Um, and so, you know, that's that was one thing that was different. It was just a very different way of shutting themselves away mm-hmm. from the world. Um, Astra did, you know, is doing so because she's trying to perfect herself um, and live up to some standard that she feels like she has to meet in order to really live or to be loved even um 
And Delilah, you know, was doing so because she had been hurt so many times. She didn't even realize really that she wanted certain things in relationships because why take that risk? You know, so it was just a lot of different, it was a very different way. I think, you know, in romance, I love digging into my characters' backstories and figuring out why they are the way that they are. There obviously has to be some impediment to between them and the love that they're, that they want or what's the book about, you know? So I love digging into why they are so hesitant to accept love. Yeah. So that was one big difference, just kind of figuring out what was keeping them from saying yes to being happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the idea of Astrid's story coming after Delilah's. I think that that like, because when I was, so my favorite character when I was reading Delilah was Iris and I was like, Oh, I want the next book to be Iris's book so bad. Um, and then, but I think the order in which it was done, like getting to hear Astrid's story second is so, is so beautiful because, it, because that type of growth and discovery is so important. I think for, you know, not just like people that are Phoebe and I's age, but any, any young girl or anyone in their, you know, late twenties or just trying to figure it out, trying to figure out who they are mm-hmm. and, and what they value and what in their life has affected their ability to like, really like look inward and see who they are. And I just loved, I mean, I, I, I love everything that you have put into these books and it felt like such a unique way to like experience a small town too. I love Bright Falls. Do you have any like inspiration for like came up with like this type of setting? I don't really, it's not really modeled after any one particular town. I just love small town romances. Um, (laughs) And I just love, you know, it's just cozy. And, you know, I just, I like everybody up in each other's business. And, and I think one reason why I gravitate towards small town romances, because as a writer is because I can make up the town. I think it's a lot harder to fictionalize like a big city, you know, Mm -hmm. like if I was going to do a big city romance, I'd definitely set it in something real like New York or LA or something. Um, But small towns, I can just make it up. And I love making it up because I don't have to. (laughs) be accurate I can just I can do what I want um which you know is half the appeal I think of writing fiction but you know I I spend a lot of time on Pinterest just looking at pictures and I make a board for every book that I write um and usually once the book is announced I put the no once I've written the first draft I'll make it public and so you know anybody can see it um but I spend a lot of time on Pinterest just kind of looking at at pictures to kind of inspire me you know I love the Pacific Northwest so I just kind of wanted something there that felt you know a little bit more misty a little bit but also just you know cozy and I don't know I've I've even heard some criticisms of like my my depiction of Oregon and I'm like it's fiction (laughs) I can do what I want want. do what you want Um, yeah it's it's just a city oh it's just a fake city but you know but I understand too if you're like an Oregonite and you're like what what is she even talking about with where this valley is and that river and I'm like (laughs) I I did look up geographical things when I because they did go to um I forgot now I'm forgetting the name in Delilah where they go to the campsite the hot springs place Mm -hmm. um that is a real place so I did look up you know approximately like where that would be and what they'd be driving past and you know think so I you know I tried (laughs) but you know Bright Falls itself obviously is fictional so yeah I love Um, speaking of that scene I love you know we all love a one bed trope but like take it to the next level with a one tent trope. Oh, that, yeah. is, <laughs> that is next right. level because you get like the, like a, the public scene plus couple yeah. with a close proximity plus like they're around, you know, like they're around yeah. their friends and family and like, oh, so good. 
Yeah. yeah, coupled with nothing actually even happens in the one ten. So. <laughs> I tricked the you. tension. The tension. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, well, I was gonna say it's so. I find I, I love your descriptions. Like I think like I can so perfectly picture the um the like backless silky top that Delilah wears um to the one of like the first wedding the meeting that they yeah, go the, to the tea yeah. or yeah yeah, yeah yeah the side like, brunch or something yes yeah. yes yes I was yeah. like, oh, perfect I got it I got the visual <laughs> I get it there um so that's so funny God, but... she's so hot <laughs> she's so hot the I coolest agree. yeah the coolest she doesn't person. feel like something I've created I'm like no she's like a person who's real and she's totally hot <laughs> I so I remember I think our friend Logan when she after she read Delilah uh, Delilah she I just remember her being like Delilah Green doesn't care but I care <laughs> and I was like that was like the perfect depiction for these prickly characters who inhabit this very cozy small town but then you you just fall in love with them and fall in love I love their friendship like I I don't know they're they're definitely some of my favorite books of the entire year so what has it been like what have you have any favorite like reader interactions like seeing your books in the bookstore for the first time what has been like the standout moments since they've come into the world um yeah I mean this is my first adult romance I've been in publishing for a while because I did YA in middle grade so um you know, I'm I'm familiar with the process of, you know, leading up to publication and then the day of publication and, you know, all that. So, I mean, it's always exciting for every book. Um, I will say just be, just coming into a new community of readers with mm-hmm. romance readers has been just amazing because romance readers are the best readers that there are. Um, I mean, I've been pretty blown away by the response to Delilah. I guess I just wasn't really, I just, you know, my my other books have done well, but, um, you know, it's just a different, it's just a different type of reader. Um, and the enthusiasm has just been really amazing. And, you know, just all the stuff on like book talk and Instagram and, um, just hearing from readers has has been wonderful. Um, and just hearing how people are connecting to Delilah and her her crew and, you know, especially like the queer aspects, obviously Mm -hmm. of the book, I get a lot of comments about that. I will say I do have a standout moment for, of a reader, and I don't know if she listens to this podcast. I won't name her. But um, so I was at Mil- Meryl Wilsner's book event for Mistakes Were Made in D.C. at um, East City Books. And it was a great event. You know, they were there in conversation with Susie Drummond, I believe it was. Um, and afterward, a reader came up, you know, and I was there as a as a reader. I was not there as a as Ashley Herring Blake. But, you know, I am Ashley Herring Blake. So I, I was in, <laughs> in the room. Um, and so you know, I was talking to some of the East City book book peeps and they're great people there. Uh, Lainey Rose is amazing, um, who does a lot of the romance stuff there. Um, and a reader came up to me and she had, she was just the most adorable thing I've ever seen. Like most adorable fan I've ever interacted with. Just like almost like shaking, had written me a letter, had also written Meryl a letter. I'm not um, high. <laughs> I know, had written me a letter because I think I hadn't even said I was going to be there, but then Meryl was like, oh, you should like announce like on your stories or something that you're going to just, you know, come and everybody should come and you're, you're also going to be there. I'm like, yeah, okay, sure. So I did it. I did that um, just on my Instagram stories. And um, this reader was just like, thank you for posting that. I didn't know you were going to be here. It gave me time to write you this letter. And it was just the sweetest letter about how much Delilah meant to her and, you know, how when she first heard about it, she couldn't wait to read it. And then she, when she did read it, just like changed her life. <laughs> and 
it was just I thought I was gonna have to like hold her and then she's gonna like break down into tears it was just so just humbling really to see how much like just this book that I wrote during the pandemic not that it's a little thing writing a book but um you know just to see how like one thing that I did in my career has affected you know the happiness of someone or mm -hmm. someone being able to see themselves more clearly or you know just feel feel seen in literature or in, in in romance and it was just it was really amazing <laughs> so she's definitely like the most enthusiastic fan I've ever interacted with it's very cute well, oh, if that was so you special. please let us know because I literally I don't know why that makes me want to cry like that is so <laughs> special um yeah, and I it think really was it really was uh, we were prior to coming on to, uh, our interview with you, we were just interviewing Denise Williams, who we've gotten to interview many times and has become a wonderful, I think she's a friend. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know if she would agree with that, but um, that, you know, for so long, I mean, re reading and writing are solitary practices mm -hmm. and it the world has just been opened up by you know there's a lot of negatives to the internet but like the only reason why Ashley and I are friends is because we both were like I like books let's talk about it online and here we are now so yeah. now that we can do these in-person events again I think it's just it it creates this like community of readers which I can only I can only imagine is just like so exciting um, daunting yeah. probably in some ways but very exciting yeah too. I mean most writers are not I guess there are so obviously I can't say everybody but I'm definitely an introvert and so mm -hmm. I'm like just leave me alone with my books and my work mm -hmm. um, but interacting with readers is is a different kind of social experience experience and so and I've really missed that over the past you know couple yeah. of years I yeah. had I did have a an in-person launch event for Astrid at Parnassus Books in Nashville a couple weeks ago and it was my first live event since 2020 yeah. wow so it was I guess probably since 2019 because my last one was probably the summer of 19 mm -hmm. um so yeah it was really it was really great just to finally like be with people again and talking with with readers in person again I mean the virtual events I'm glad we've had them and they've been great mm -hmm. too and the, I'm sure they'll still be a you know part of the accessibility a lot but of yeah the accessibility of the virtual events I think is so great because oh, yeah. you know yeah like I mean I'm on the east coast so I can't always get out to these mm -hmm. amazing events that are on the west coast um yeah. or in middle America and all of that so getting to experience them that way and I think it it's so great for indie bookstores uh being mm -hmm. exposed that way and being supported from afar yeah um but so switching from YA middle grade what was the writing process like writing going into adult romance I mean you know it's there's a lot of similarities, obviously, because I, I, I mean, since the beginning, when I really first started writing in earnest, you know, I've honed my process a lot. Um, I used to be more of a pantser where I just kind of like have a general idea of what I'm going to do. And I just go, um, and drafting was always so stressful when I did it that way. And I hated it. And I was like, why do I hate drafting so much? And, um, and that was why, cause I didn't have a plan really. Um, <laughs> and I'm a person who likes a plan. So for many people that works, but, um, but then as I got, you know, more books under my belt, um, I started having to submit proposals and things to editors in order to sell them. And so I kind of had to think through the whole book. And actually that's really helped my process. Um, mm -hmm. I, I write like a six to 12 page synopsis. It's not detailed. I don't do, I still don't do really detailed outlines like chapter by chapter that stresses me out because I do like a little bit of discovery along the way, but you know, so my process is still with adult is still the same as it was, you know, with my most recent kid books um 
I would say obviously the difference is that I'm I'm in a different kind of you know psyche. I'm mm. I mean for for several years I was in teenage brains and twelve year old brains for um, you know for these characters and and with that you know I, I'm a big backstory writer like I really dig into backstory to figure out what makes them tick and why they are the way that they are. So you know obviously with a twelve year old I've got eleven years of backstory. Um, you know, with Delilah, I had 29 years of backstory. So that's a lot more to kind of think through and think about what, you know, did they go to college? And if they, you know, or did they not go to college? What do they do instead? You know, what, you know, how did they, and, and especially like writing queer romances, like, are they out? Did, how mm -hmm. did they come out? You know, so um, I have to kind of think about those things as well. Um, so it's just a lot more backstory to deal with. I mean, obviously the voice is different. Um what they're dealing with in life is different. They're dealing with jobs and, um, you know, possibly permanent, not permanent, but, you know, happily ever after relationships. Um, they're dealing with possibly children, you know, in the mix like Claire. Um, and so they're dealing with a lot more exes possibly. So, you know, it's just kind of, you know, the difference of really just simply put the difference of writing a kid and writing an adult. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm so with romance, I get to puff more and I get to, <laughs> I get to write sex. So that's obviously <laughs> not something, I mean, I cussed a little bit in my YAs, but you know, it's just, um, there's a lot more freedom there with what I kind of want to explore. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know how, like, I've talked about this before, but like with, with Kidlet, it, it feels like things in Kidlet, like it's always, especially when you write a marginalized, marginalized stories, um, you know, and I'm sure all marginalized writers feel like this in Kidlet, that there's like a gravity to it, you know? So mm. like when I wrote my first um, queer middle grade, it came out in 2018. It was Ivy Aberdeen's Letter to the World. And 2018 does not sound like that far away, like that long ago. Um, and there definitely were queer middle grades out, but there were not nearly the number that yeah. we have yeah. today. Um, so when Ivy came out, it was still kind of like this new burgeoning, Mm -hmm. movement that obviously was way long overdue but um so and my YA kind of like that as well um my, my first queer YA was 2017 and so while that was definitely happening and there were I was definitely not the pioneer by any means I was kind of part of that beginning yeah. wave of what it is now and so and even now I, I would think that like it's just like you know these are kids reading it these are mm -hmm. um, there's a certain level of of gravity with it like it feels yeah. important um and that's not to say that there's anything wrong with that and it's not to say that adult books are not important in the messages that they bring absolutely they are like it's one reason why i wrote astra the way i did because i think we need coming out stories in adult romance too like yeah you know we need later in life yeah um discoveries of who you are because that's kind of that was my own story um and so there's definitely importance there but it's also like with romance it's like when I'm going into a romance book, my one goal is to get these people to smash. Like that's it. <laughs> that's it. Uh, so, and it's that's my so, one goal in reading it. Right? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Get there. I mean, you're a romance reader. You're like, okay, when is this gonna happen? Um, and so, you know, it's just really nice to kind of start a book knowing that this is fun. It's yeah. supposed to be fun. Um, and. And I am me and I am a more melancholic personality anyway. So I'm always going to bring in traumatic backstories and loneliness and, you know, prickliness because of rejection and loss. And I'm always going to bring that in, but, um, cause I'm, that's just who I am. But, um, you know, writing romance was just a, a different experience and that, you know, my end goal was clear. 
yeah, with, yeah. you know, my YA and, and middle grade, which obviously weren't romances. It was like, I had to kind of muddle through and really dig. It wasn't harder. It was just different. Um, I would yeah. say all writing is hard, but you know, it's just with romance, it's like, and, and it's nice just to say, even with queer romance, when I'm trying to say something about how love is love and how all love should be read by all people and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Great. Those are, those are important messages, but it, it's also okay to let these books about queer people falling in love or people of color falling in love or people, handicapped people falling in love, disabled people, um, mentally ill people that it can also be fun yeah but it can also be fun like those things are not mutually exclusive yeah right and Um, I think one of my favorite things about reading romance and particularly reading romance diversely across all of those things that you just mentioned and so many more um facets to romance is that that one of my favorite parts about that is that you know I am almost 30 years old Phoebe and I have birthdays in the same week in a couple weeks um and I I have a life, right? I've got, I've, I have followed a path. I'm, I am where I am right now. And reading is such a freeing experience to be able to explore, you know, who you are outside the confines of the life that you're in right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, can I read about this experience? Um, can I, can I meet other people through this experience? Can I see myself in, in those other characters or can I, maybe it's somebody I've never interacted with, but reading a store or a person like that, I, like that, that I've never interacted with, but reading their story allows me to feel close mm-hmm. to somebody or have a window into their experience. Um, and I think that that's like so beautiful. And then it's like put in this like super fun way. I mean, like not everything yeah. has to have that gravity to it mm-hmm. at its base. Like there's yeah. obviously always going <laughs> to be that because we don't write the best romances. And I think that you have done this so well are, are so multifaceted and how like deep they are. There, there is that backstory there. Are, there mm-hmm. are those layers there, but like, they're also like gonna smash. And that's, that's the way, like, <laughs> yes, that's, yeah. that's like what makes it so fun. And so, and so like fulfilling to me as a romance reader is to like, I mean, not as you love like erotica and, and things that can be a little bit more like surface level, but like sure. these types of romances are also like, give you that like inner peace and like grounded in reality. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, it helps you see, like, it lets you feel like you're seen. It helps you see what's possible. Um, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, I love that about that's my favorite romances. I mean, granted, I, I still love to read something sometimes that is more surfacey, and those are absolutely wonderful and needed as well. Um, but I think that is my favorite kind of thing about romances like mine and why I wrote mine the way I did mm-hmm. is because I can blend that. Um, here are serious stories or um, identities we don't often see in adult romance or that we need to see more of. We are seeing mm-hmm. them, but it is right. adult romance with queer romance is, beyond, is behind kid lit. It's, yes. it's way behind um catching up definitely moving um but you know but that we can do that and I can also be like it's also funny and they're just we're building up to when they kiss and then we're building up to when they have sex and we all know that that's what we're reading about and yeah you yeah. know and, and it's just fun and it's a cozy comforting read um, yeah your, your dialogue is so sharp and it's so I'm I'm an actor so those are the things that like I look for and uh, with everything you were just saying I'm just like always reminded by that no marginalized person asks to be the symbol of you know the changing times or you're just telling your stories and Mm -hmm. writing to the people who are like writing the stories that you needed like when you were 
a kid or, you know, in your 20s and all of that. And I think that that is the most important part, because especially like what Ashley was saying with like it, Ashley Chandler, um, <laughs> co-host <laughs> Ashley was saying about this is the I'm the only one who thinks this joke is funny. Like this is not. <laughs> well, that's good to clarify, you know, Ever. Yeah. <laughs> But just like the growing up like in theater and spending time with like people of all backgrounds, like that like window of um, we always say like stories can be windows or mirrors. And I just had I'm very lucky to have so many people who allowed me into their lives and their love stories and all of that. Um, mm-hmm. And these these characters are just so wonderful. And like with Astrid's book, we have you know, her coming out story and we have this very, it's not tragic, but I think I find Jordan's uh, love story very, very important because this is probably a spoiler, but (laughs) you haven't read it yet. I just, I need to talk about this because (laughs) we have with her, her prior marriage to Meredith and you're thinking, oh my gosh, she she lost her wife and this is so and then she's just yeah. like oh no she didn't die she just divorced me <laughs> and you're like what like, I burst out laughing and I don't know why I I know like and I didn't I was like I didn't want to make and I tried to make the point that like Jordan is very grateful obviously that Meredith survived her her illness yes um because that is no laughing matter obviously that is serious um but, and it was funny because at the beginning when I first started writing it, I was, it was grief. It was that Meredith mm. had, um, had died. Um, and that when, and then I just kind of kept going and I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> I want to, I kind of want to bring her back into this situation. Yes. And so I was like, okay, can I get away with sort of misleading the reader for a while? Well, not, and, not too long, but for, a, you know, about a good hundred pages, maybe. Yeah. Um, and it was enough that like, I was like, okay, I get, I get where Astrid's going. I get where Jordan's going, but also I loved this exploration of moving on while your former partner is still in contact with you. And that sort of like, not necessarily like manipulative tactic, but like mm-hmm. it is, it's, I, I think that it is so hard for one person to have been more invested in the relationship didn't want it to end and they're still looking for that love and like it was something that I could relate to so much like every time Meredith texted her I was like you she doesn't deserve you like (laughs) alone (laughs) yeah well and it's such a it's such a queer thing to do I mean like Mm. because when when queer people break up they're it's very off it's not it's not like straight breakups I mean it's not like that's my ex and I can't talk to them. Like usually you're in a community together. Right. Like you and it you can't just sever ties. Like Iris's book has Iris's love interest, Stevie has a, an ex situation, but they are very intertwined. Like they are and they're and her ex is even dating one of their best friends, and they're all just like enmeshed in each other's lives. And and that's that's the thing about it. Like when your community is that small and you depend on each other as your found family, mm-hmm. you can't just cut someone out like you it's so that's really common um mm-hmm. even though Jordan really tried to cut Meredith out yeah. like Meredith this is you know kind of like mm, we're still around what are you talking about um you know and so 
and obviously that's not the norm for everybody. I'm not speaking across the board, but it's pretty, it's really common. And so, you know, just kind of exploring that, how do you handle that? And like, you know, and with Jordan, like her story is really like, what do you do when you thought you, thought you were the one for someone? Mm-hmm. And then they tell you that you're not, you know, the whole idea of like destiny and, um, you know, kind of that idea with Jordan, she really struggled with that of like, yeah. being like, I want to be someone's destiny, but clearly I'm not anybody's destiny because I'm a complete mess. And, you know, even the person who married me and has known me since I was in middle school and vowed to love me forever says that I'm not destiny material so like what do you what do you do with that you know so that's kind of her I liked her journey a lot um, because I think it feels I don't know I think it feels pretty relevant when you go through you know relationships that you thought might be it and then aren't or you wanted to be it and aren't um, you know especially when you're not the one who ended it and I think like that is something I just finished um, Kennedy Ryan's before I let go and like that I I am not divorced I'm very happily married but I think that that people who did the whole to do they built a life together with someone and then have to are like forced to to start over I think that that's such a an important story to also see that like you know and the cheesy yeah. aspect that like you can love again and it's possible but like yeah. that's a bit that's a big hurt that is a big thing to overcome. That's a big leap to take, you know, like yeah. after uh, that kind of rejection, you know, and, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that like, I, you know, writing, writing characters who are a little, you know, cause my characters are usually around 30 ish right now, you know, and I'm older than that, but, um, you know, and just writing that where you already been through something that you thought was going to be your end all and mm-hmm. then wasn't, you know, um, yeah. yeah. So. With- Within this so, backdrop of like an HGTV moment, which is also yeah, so, yeah. so fun. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Ash, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I was going to ask. So what can you tell us about Iris's story, if if at all, yeah. kind of continuing off of that? <laughs> yeah. Um, so Iris's story is um, going to be fake dating. <gasps> um, yes, but with a little, little twist to it. Um, I won't say what the twist is, but there's, it's a little inverted. It's not something huge, but, you know, just a little kind of my own take on it. Iris's own take on it. Cause if you really think about Iris, she wouldn't fake date anybody. She'd be like, I don't need to do that. Yeah. I love her. So, but Stevie kind of needs this, this fake dating. So, you know, there's just a little, there's an arrangement that they have. Um, And so, so I have that. Um, Iris, you know, you come in with Iris. She, in the first two books, she owns a paper shop in Bright Falls and is an illustrator um, and a kind of a designer in that way. But she also loves romance books. So when Iris's book starts, her paper shop has had to close and she still is running her Etsy shop, but she's also sold a romance novel. So she's working on a second romance novel that she is having a difficult time tapping into romance for because Iris is, as the title indicates, is not a dater. She is a one night stander and so um she feels like she's kind of run through all of her romance um knowledge I guess or like feels and so she is trying to kind of tap back into that Stevie is um you'll like this Stevie is a um very talented and budding but down on her luck thespian um who yes so um, my college roommate's name is actually Stevie oh yeah I love that (laughs) I love that name yeah her full name is is stefania um so in short short for stevie she's has an italian grandmother that she's named after 
Um, My Stevie so, is just Stevie. Her parents, she grew up around yeah. Woodstock and she's named for Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so they, she, it, she also has generalized anxiety disorder. So she's dealing with all of that. She's dealing with so a, a breakup. <laughs> yeah. So she's dealing with a breakup as well, who, who, and her ex moved on pretty quickly to one of their best friends, who is like mm-hmm. the most gorgeous person ever to live, <laughs> their best friend um, that her ex is dating. Um, and so it kind of introduces like a new little friend group. Um, there's four of them, including Stevie. Um, and so we have that. And then basically Simon from the from Astrid, oh, um, good. who has become Iris's good friend. A lot of people thought Simon and Iris were going to get together. And actually, that was my original plan. And I did not I, work. I thought about I it. I know. Yeah, <laughs> it was my original plan. And I even wrote like maybe 15,000 words of Simon and Iris. And I was like, y'all have no chemistry. You are so platonic. I cannot force this. <laughs> um, so um, Iris is kind of struggling. Something happens in their friend group that she's very happy about. I won't spoil that. What's the announcement of what's happening? But um, she's she's very happy about it, Iris is. But she's also like, feels kind of like on the outs. Like she feels outside of her friend group because she's like the only one who's like not coupled um and so simon is like you need to do something different and just meet some new people um so let's go do this community play um they're doing a queer version of much to do about nothing so it's i'm just like... gagged <laughs> so there is shim shakespeare it's much that's about phoebe's favorite that's favorite. my favorite shakespeare yeah. well hopefully i've interpreted it well of course i have a queer interpretation where everybody's queer but stevie is is benedict and iris is beatrice um <laughs> I'm a little you cannot see me right now but I'm literally I'm shaking my I need like crawling out of my skin I need it now (laughs) so that you know and then you know things ensue so it's fun I like I just saw like we just finalized the cover um which is amazing I can't wait to see it I love these covers too I love so um, good colors too like I am I feel like the the purple and the blue are like shades that I haven't seen mm-hmm. as much. I mm-hmm. love that. What can you tell yeah. us? Make maybe what color Iris? Um, sure. Um, can this you? was a little. The color was kind of tricky. I wanted kind of another like jewel tone, like you mm-hmm. know, to really pop with the other two. But you know, Iris is a redhead. That doesn't go great with some like like a, I was thinking like you know a coral or you know something Ooh. like that. But mm-hmm. um you know her and she's real pale <laughs> so <laughs> we did have like a peachy background I saw one and it just washed both of them out like in Stevie if you want to picture Stevie think about a slightly older king princess she's mm. got like the mullety okay. shag curly okay. hair okay like, very doesn't wear makeup you know like kind of more not butch but more um you know not super feminine um wears like you know giant t-shirts <laughs> baggy pants and you know things like that she even self-describes herself that she dresses like a 12 year old boy who found all their clothes at a thrift store <laughs> um so um and there's like a stage background um and they wanted red curtains to kind of show that it was a stage so um which are kind of muted um but anyway the the main color is a is a light blue and it nice. and when I put all three together like on my screen on my computer screen I was like okay it does look good yeah they look good together so yeah good oh it's different enough from astra that it's because it's like a pale a pale blue yeah 
I'm yeah. so excited. I literally, oh God, I'm going to be, everyone's going to be sick of me. That's also Phoebe's favorite book cover, color cover. So you really just, oh, nice. All right. I really like light blue. If you can't tell from my ensemble. All right. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And obviously right. Lenny Kaufman, the artist did amazing with Stevie and Iris. Like, yeah. They oh, might I be my two, they might be my two favorite illustrations. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to see. I loved like, I, I feel like um, one of my, the first friends that I had that read Delilah Green, it was like, she dressed up like Delilah for Halloween that year. And like, oh I gosh. was like, so iconic. Like you can just totally exactly like picture like all of your characters on the covers. Like that is like who they are. Like you can just yeah. like, yeah. I'm so clear. It's so yeah. good. Okay. So, okay. Before we don't want to take up too much of your time, but we always like to ask our authors, what are you reading right now? Who are you recommending? Who should we make time for on our holiday break? Yeah, absolutely. Um, right now I'm reading, um, a book that doesn't come out until next year. It's called best men, um, by Sidney Carger, who he's a screenwriter and this is his first novel, I believe. So Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm reading it for for a a possible blurb. It's really cute he has a very distinctive voice so um if you like really voicey first person romance um you, you'd like this it's one one pov um and it's about his best friend is getting married and he has a horrible one night stand um with someone whose name we don't even know and then that one night stand which is actually a theme in iris's iris and stevie have a horrible one night stand to start their interactions off but anyway i digress that horrible one night stand ends up being the the best man of his best friend's fiance. So they're Ooh. both best men at this yeah. wedding. And it's, you know, it's I haven't finished it yet, but it's delightful so far. Like I said, really boisey and funny. So that's um, something to have on your radar. I mean, I always recommend the MILF book. Meryl Wilsner's Mistakes Were Made. If you yeah, it actually hasn't I, yet. Oh my gosh. I read it and I was like. Oh my gosh. I mean. I, I don't yeah. know why I haven't seven. read it. Come no, on now. I know. I know. Because. <laughs> So I literally was like, you know, I, I was like having this like little like vent and this was before like Astrid had come out and I was like, I just really, really just want to read a book with like a, a, like, like a sexy bisexual main character. And like, literally my friend Logan was like, mistakes were made, read it, mm-hmm. read it. Mm-hmm. And I was mistakes like, are yeah. not made when you read that book. It's yeah. Yeah. great. <laughs> yeah it's really good um there's um obviously it's holiday season so I love Allison Cochran's Kisser Once for Me mm-hmm. I love Courtney Kay's In the Event of Love so if you want we're looking for a holiday yeah those are both queer as well very sexy um and there is a book coming out in 2023 I actually cannot remember what month but the cover just got released and I read this book way long ago when I was actually an agent because <laughs> I was a literary agent for a while and then I left it because I was like, this is too much. But while I was, it was, um, this is a book I made an offer on. And Regina was completely right to not go with me as I'm no longer in the business. But um, we have we became friendly over the interaction of me offering to represent her book, um, Regina Black, um, The Art of Scandal. It is just Ooh, okay. Um, writing, so, writing it down. Yeah. Yes. It down. Um, it's 2023. Again, I cannot remember the month, but the cover just got released. So hot, such a hot cover. Um. It's about a a woman who is a, a wife of a politician and her husband ex- accidentally sends his dick pic to the wrong person, which is her when he meant it for his mistress or the woman he's having an affair with. So she's like, I'm done with this. I'm out of here. And she's like, or, you know, she's like the perfect politician's wife. And you think like regal Michelle Obama, just as gorgeous, 
black um powerful just wonderful style icon in dc um and he's this like you know mediocre white man <laughs> who is just um but then he offers to pay her because she's like i don't you know this is our house we built together it's in his name like what do i you know how what am i gonna yeah. do so he offers to pay he's running for governor offers to pay her a million dollars if he stays if she stays with him throughout the campaign and plays the role of his adoring wife so she's like fine but then she meets this younger guy. So it's like older woman, younger guy who's um, a, a Latino artist. And oh, it's just so hot. He's he's amazing. Like just one of those, we get his POV too. His name's Nathan or Nate. I think he goes by. It's like, he is just like, your heart is just like thumping for him the entire oh God, time. I'm so excited. Tattooed, but like so soft and emotional. Oh. Um, and then he ends up being the son of like one of her, one of the like socialites in her circle <laughs> oh my so gosh. it's just so delicious like you everybody needs to read it, it is okay so all right well, i'm immediately yes. gonna pre-order that <laughs> yeah and then i reread it for a blurb and so someone they email me it's like would you like to i'm like yes <laughs> let me reread this now oh my so, gosh yeah, so good oh my gosh okay i'm I'm, so excited. I'm already excited i told myself i wasn't gonna i was like I'm going to be very selective in 2023 with which books I buy, but you have now just given me several pre-orders. So that is a must on your top, top yeah. of the list there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. absolutely. Oh, well, yeah. thank you so much for your time, Ashley. This has been so much fun. And like I said, I adore your books and I'm so excited for Iris's book. I'm so excited for, um, whatever else you choose to to gift us with um and thank you so much for talking with us yeah thanks for having me it was fun all right i am ready for iris's book i cannot wait to add that beautiful light blue cover that is going to join the gorgeous jewel tones of delilah and astrid's books and as oh my god i know i, I can't wait <laughs> I actually, like, right after we finished this interview, I got in the mail my special edition of the book that I ordered. I think it was from Illumicrate. They did a special edition of it, and it's got, like, um, sprayed edges, and it is so stunning. Like, it's my new favorite book on my shelf. It's hardcover. Ooh. I'm obsessed. Yeah. See, I never um, peruse those because I just know I'm going to want them all. I know. And I've just been craving so much more sapphic romance to add to my TBR and to add to like my favorites shelf. Mm -hmm. And I am so excited to having found Ashley Herring Bake this past year and cannot wait to continue on in this series. Yeah, I definitely think I'm going to go back and read some of her YA and middle grade books because I was super ignorant to that. I had no idea that she'd been writing within those subgenres before. So. If you enjoyed this interview with Ashley Herring Blake, we would so appreciate if you shared it with a friend or if you left a review. Um, the reviews are a great way to help us reach more listeners and therefore reach more readers. And stop by our Instagram post at Read It or List It Pod. And we cannot wait to be bringing you more fun episodes in this new year. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Original music by Jake Thorne. Podcast produced and edited by me, Ashley Chandler, and Phoebe Wright. You can find us on Instagram at Read It or List It Pod. All rights reserved 2020.